All right. Hello, everyone. Coming to you. <coughs> Lost Christianities. On schedule, I think I'm proud of myself because I've been keeping this schedule for about three weeks now. But that just goes to show you when I have stability, when we have housing stability, we can produce more. More work that is actually beneficial to you. Um, and so I'm happy with it. We're reading from Lost Christianities by Bart Ehrman. And we're dealing with the Gnostics. So let's continue. Most Gnostics, however, took another line, claiming that Christ was a divine emissary from above, totally spirit, and that he entered the man Jesus temporarily in order to convey the knowledge that can liberate sparks from their material imprisonment. For these Gnostics, Jesus himself was in fact a human, even though some thought he was not made like the rest of us so that he could receive divine emissary. Did I do the volume? Let me do the volume. There we go. Some, for example, thought that he had a soul body <coughs> rather than a flesh body. In any event, at, at the baptism, Christ entered into Jesus in the form of a dove as in the New Testament Gospels. And at the end, he left him to suffer his death alone. That is why Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Literally, why have you left me behind? Or as stated in the gospel of Philip, my God, my God, why, O oh Lord, have you forsaken me? He spoke these words on the cross, for he had withdrawn from that place. Uh, gospel of Philip 64. According to to one of the myths reported in erroneous, once Jesus had died, the Christ then came back and raised him from the dead. And that's from Against Heresies 1, 30, 13. In either system, Christ provides the knowledge necessary for salvation. As the Gospel of Philip says, the one who possesses the knowledge, gnosis, of the true, of the truth is free. Not everyone, however, can expect this liberating knowledge. In fact, most people have obviously never received it and never will. Some Christian Gnostics maintain that there were three kinds of humans. Some are the creations of the Demiurge, pure and simple. <clears throat> like other animals, they have no spirit within. Like them, when they die, their entire existence is annihilated. Other people have a soul within, but not a spark of the divine spirit. Such people have an opportunity for an afterlife, if they have faith and do good deeds. These, in fact, are regular Christians, those who believe in Christ, but do not have the full understanding of the secret knowledge that leads to ultimate salvation. The third group of people have this knowledge. They are the Gnostics, those in the know who have within them a spark of the divine, who have learned who they really are, how they got here, and how they can return. Um, these people will have a fantastic afterlife in that they will return to the divine realm 
from which they came and live eternally in the presence of God as part of a pleroma. Now I'm going to say, I don't know about this, but I have started to come to the conclusion that there are different types of human beings. And I'm not saying one is more valuable than the other, but when it comes to consciousness and civility and, and, and the ability to evolve and expand, I don't know if some are choosing to be regressive and continuing to die and cause destruction for the rest of us or that they just can't do it. And I don't know if they can't expand because social systems and institutions have attacked them so much that they're mentally exhausted. But I know I'm different than a lot of people. And I know that I care about knowledge in a way that other people don't. And I know that I care about reality in a way that other people don't. And some people can't. And the reason why I say they can't is because they will admit that they're not doing it, that they're being delusional, but they'll stay in their delusion, even when it causes them health problems and death. So that, to me, means, and we're, and especially the black community, we're the scariest people on the planet when it comes to death. So if people are choosing death over extended life, and the death is coming in delusion when they could all be in reality. That to me tells me something's weird, something's off. And maybe it's just overly, overly, we've been overly traumatized because we have, but there are different human beings and, and, and that needs to be acknowledged. That's why I like the Gnostics because even if you don't believe in all the mythology, all of the thing, it makes you think about, well, yeah, well, well there are human beings that just don't seem to want to be as dynamic as we are. What did what did uh Seal say? In a world full of something, some people don't want to fly. Isn't that crazy? You know. Let's finish. Finish reading. One might think that Christians who held some such view in which the point of salvation was to escape the body might urge or at least allow a rather cavalier approach to bodily existence. If the body does not matter, then surely it does not matter what you do with your body. And in fact, that is precisely the charge leveled against Gnostics by their proto-Orthodox opponents, as we will later see. But... As it turns out, Gnostic Christians themselves appear to have taken just the opposite perspective. This is one aspect of the Gnostic religions that their enemies appear to have misunderstood or possibly misrepresented. As far as we can tell from the Nag Hammadi writings, instead of taking a libertine view of ethics, anything goes since nothing matters, Gnostics were ascetic, advocating the strict regulation and harsh treatment of the body, their logic was that since the body is evil, it should be punished. Since attachment to the body is the problem, the human existence, and since it is so easy to become attached to the body through pleasure, the body should be denied all pleasure. Thus, it appears that the typical Gnostics stand 
on how to treat the body was rather strict. No, I think that's that's extreme, but there is something about the physical body and the consciousness and trying to outgrow that that just the physical urges and desires. <clears throat> um, before turning to several of the interesting Gnostic texts, what we what what can we say about the various Gnostics Christians of social groups? The Marcionites and the Ebionites appear to have had their own churches, separate from those of the other, obviously, and from those of the Proto-Orthodox. What about the Gnostics? One of the striking features of Christian Gnosticism is that it appears to have operated principally from within existing Christian churches. The Gnostics consider themselves to be spiritually elite of these churches, and who could confess the creeds of other Christians? Read the scriptures of other Christians, partake of baptism and Eucharist with other Christians, but who believed that they had a deeper, more spiritual secret understanding of these creeds. Scriptures and sacraments, this may have, this may well be why proto-Orthodox church fathers found them so insidious and difficult to deal with. As we will see later in chapter 10, Gnostics were not out there forming their own communities. The Gnostics were in here with us, in our midst, and you couldn't tell one simply by looking. It seems likely that these Gnostics, Gnostic inner circles were prevalent in some parts of Christianity. In addition to the scriptures used by the church at large, interpreted in Gnostic ways. For example, the reinterpretations of Genesis I've mentioned above. They use their own writings, including some of the mythological treaties or mystical reflections now discovered in Nag Hammadi. They may have had additional sacraments. The Gospel of Philip, for example, alludes to five of them without explaining what they were or how they worked. Baptism anointing with oil, Eucharist, ransom, and bridal chamber. Uh, it is difficult to know what all these involved, especially the sacrament of the bridal chamber. Unfortunately, the Gospel of Philip simply mentions it, presumably because its readers knew full well what it was. Um, read this little section right quick. Some of the Gnostic texts. I've already discussed several Gnostic texts and mentioned others in passing. For example, the Gospel of Thomas which as I've indicated, I take as, as Gnostic, the Gospel of Mary, the secret book of John, the Gospel of Philip. One way to gain a full appreciation of this form of local Christianity, I mean lost Christianity, or rather of the various forms that it takes, is to consider several other interesting texts. Here I discuss three that illuminate key aspects of the Gnostic religions and consider several others such as the Coptic Apocalypse of Peter and the Second Treatise of the Great Seth in later chapters. So we're going to get into that. We're going to get into the Gospel of Truth the next time. The next reading, which is on Sunday. I guess that's, that's um, apropos. Is that right? Am I saying that right? Am I using that right? Um... Lost Christianities. I always, as a young person, and most black people in America are are Christians. 
because my parents were Christians, because that was, that's our national religion. People are not going to tell you that. And I know a lot of people who are even street thugs, whores, anything, whatever you want to say, they all, and they black, they all end up back in Christianity. And I'm 50, so a lot of my generation that left the church are going right back to the church. We don't venture too far. The furthest we'll go is Islam. And that's it. We ain't going too far off. Ain't too many black Buddhists. And in Christianity, you're not going to find that many black Gnostics. Because if we're going to be honest with you, most Christians... I would say Christians, but I know for a fact most black Christians, they're not studying enough to get a deeper understanding of anything to be Gnostics. They don't care about the no. <laughs> so it's a very simple life. Try to get a job, try to pay your bills, come home, watch TV and go to sleep. That's, that's basic. That's life for most Americans. That's life. It's a sad life to me, but it's a life. And who are we to judge? If that's what people want to do, fine. Um, but if you, my audience, like any of this, then you can get into it. You can study Gnosticism, lost Christianity, and all that. Oh, I was going to say, one of the things I always used to ask as a Christian, I got, I got distracted, is why... If there were 12 apostles, why weren't there 12 gospels? It was always weird to me. Um, nobody ever can answer the question, but that was always weird. That there was only, there's only four. And now I wonder why the, the letters of Paul have taken over the gospels. I don't even see people, even the last times I've gone to churches, and again, these are black churches. They don't even preach from the Gospels anymore. They preach from the letters of Paul. So I guess they're Paulites. You know, I don't know. Um, until next time, I want to say take care of yourselves and be safe. And if you want to support this podcast, you know what to do. Hit the links, give directly, become a sponsor. I'll see you on Sunday <coughs> um, with another reading.